the blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where is the standard at? We in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, prayer. And now here is Bishop Caldwell. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six and seven. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, not Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, because of his exalted position, he is now seated at God's right hand. He's God's right hand man. Amen. Be anxious for nothing. Be stressed out, not over anything. Can we just say that the life of a Christian should be a life built and based on prayer. In order to not minimize prayer, we need to pay very close attention to prayer. Did you stop to pray this morning? Did you kneel for just one moment today? Did you ask the Lord to guide you and to journey with you through this day? Prayer seems to be so minimal. It's almost like, hey man, do you have a problem? Yeah, I got a problem. Well, just pray for me. Like that's some little deal. That's a big deal. I think none of us would stop grinning if we had President Obama's cell phone. We can call him up at midnight and just, hey, oh, yeah. I'm just calling to tell you I love you, to see how you're doing today. We would count that a big deal for having Obama's cell number. Some of you ladies probably never would rest if you could get in touch with Michelle. 
But we got God's number. The question on the floor is, how often do we call it? How often do we communicate with him? It seemed like, now this is just the way it seems. It seems as though we only want God to take care of the big stuff. While we take care of everything else. It's, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's this little stuff that we think that we can handle that we keep putting off until tomorrow. But prayer. Prayer to Almighty God is a direct communication line. Because you can read this Bible through and through, and especially in the New Testament, you're not going to find anywhere where the Lord told us to worry about nothing. Nothing. Now, how in the world can you live a life like that? Pray it up. Turn it over to the Lord. Let him handle it. A lot of our problems, I think, come in, we want to do wrong so we don't pray. We know we're going to hit somebody in the head, so ain't no need of praying. Before we pull off, we just make sure that the bat is in the car. Prayer. It's a direct communicative line to Almighty God. And if we are going to live in this world like the Lord wants us to live a victorious life then we need to learn how to cast the whole of our cares our concerns upon him knowing that he cares about us he's taking good care of us I give you case in point he woke me up this morning it was not my, it was not my alarm clock it was the grace and love and mercy of God that woke us up this morning. The apostle says in this sixth verse. He says be anxious for no thing. Don't be stressed out over nothing. What's got you stressed out right now? What has gripped your attention to the point. That you almost paralyzed with fear. And frustration. You say it's the kids. No it's the mama. If you put the rod on the kids, you've taken care of the problem. <clears throat> Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. Somebody say in everything. Say in everything. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Everything means everything. Now, did you pray about even coming here this morning? Did you pray about staying for Sunday school? <clears throat> In everything by prayer. See, this is what's leaving the wisdom out of our lives. We're not praying about everything, but we're worrying about everything. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, that's, that's another problem. A lot of us think that the only Thanksgiving day is the uh, last Thursday in November. Every day ought to be a day of Thanksgiving. He woke us up this morning. 
we're clothed in our right mind. We have ability to walk. We can talk. We can see. We got something to eat. We ought to have a Thanksgiving day every day. As I look at this, it, it's, it's, it appears to me that God wants us happy, period. Period. And anything that robs us of our serenity, anything that robs us of our joy, anything that robs us of our peace, we need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus and put it down underneath our feet in everything by prayer. Be anxious for nothing. Be stressed out over no thing. Why? Because if we realize that if we put our troubles, our tragedies, our triumphs, we put all of that in the hand of the Lord, we're free. If you see us wobbling down the hallway or moving down the highway of life, knock kneed and bowleg and straining under the stress is because we're worried. Worried about what? Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't go nowhere. How worried are you right now? Come on, make it personal. How worried are you right now? And about what are you worried? When you look back, and this is the way that God wants us to look at it. Somebody say how? Say how? Past victories. I ain't got no help in here. The past victories. What did he do the last time you prayed because you had a concern? He brought you through. He's the same God. He doesn't want us worried about who's in the White House or who's in our house. He told us to pray. And he said, don't be anxious. Don't be stressed out. Don't be stressful over nothing. And even in the midst of this pandemic, you know what the Lord said? Cheer up. Why? Because you're still alive. That's why you ought to cheer up. Because you're still alive. And he's still a healer. So be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now what is supplication? Supplication is directly connected to a wanting or a need being fulfilled or being met. It's a supplication, supply list. What do you want God to do? So why are you complaining about eating and you got a loaf of bread on your arm? It doesn't make sense. It shows that there's something wrong with us. We keep complaining, but we got God's cell number. There's something wrong with that. If we could ever realize, and maybe today is that day, that God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be happy, happy other people whose God is the Lord. And he wants us to be stressed out about nothing. Why? Because we cast the care upon him. And so that's why I'm not worried about it. I gave it over to the Lord. Now whatever he decides to do with it, that's his business. You know where the problem comes in? When we want him to do what we want him to do. 
It's some people not talking to God right now because their grandmama died. She was 150. They fasted and they prayed and they turned their plate down and they did all that and mama still died. Now they mad at God. You know what? It's something wrong with you. Anybody who is 150 ought to be able to leave whenever they want to. <laughs> They've seen it all. They probably have done it all. They probably heard it all. We are too emotionally attached to things, people, and places. That's why we can't have peace. Well, you know, that's the, that's the house that mama used to live in. Used to is past participle. So if mama went to be with the Lord, you ought to rejoice. Because at least you know where she is. At least you know where she is. In everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Say everything. everything. Everything by prayer. Well somebody say, don't you care what the, that my husband died? Or don't you care that my wife died? Yeah, I care. But I cannot weep with you for a year. I got a life. You say that's hard. No, that's hard. It's not hard. It's easy. Everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. And supplication. Supply. A wanting, a need. Now, when we talk about prayer, let me show you something right quick. Put a mark right here in Philippians. We'll probably come back to it. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We're talking about how to build a victorious prayer life. When you pray about everything and you say, I don't care about it, I prayed about it. Then your wife hits you in the chest talking about, don't you care? Yeah, I cared enough about it to pray about it. At, one of, at Jesus' lowest point in his life, when he sweat, and the sweat came down like great drops of blood, he was a praying man. Now, if we don't learn anything from the Lord, we ought to learn that he prayed about everything. He prayed about everything. In Matthew 6 and 9, are you there? In Matthew 6 and 9, read it. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. Now notice what he did not say. He did not say pray to me. He said after this manner, pray ye, our Father. Now, that ain't me in no booth with no Catholicism talking to no priest about what I did last night. That's about praying to Abba, to our Father. We are to pray to God. All prayer should be addressed to the Almighty. And see, we don't need to start trying to be cute in this last days in the New Testament church by praying to the Holy Ghost. Come Holy Spirit. 
No. Jesus said, pray to the Father. Ain't that what he said? Isn't that what's in your Bible? So then why is it that so many people are praying to Jesus? Because they're ignorant and unlearned. And they're probably desperate. So they just jump over protocol and go to Jesus. John 16, 23, 24. The Gospel of John. If we're going to live a victorious prayer life, we need to know what we're doing. If the recipe say cook the rice for five minutes, what are you doing with ten minutes? You're not going to be able to eat it. Follow the recipe. Now, is that, is that not how cakes are cooked? Pies are baked? Well, then God is not stupid. He laid down the parameters for prayer. He told us how to do it. And he told us when to do it. Always. <laughs> Always. And give the devil no place. Where did I tell you go? John 16 what? All right. John 16, 23. Jesus is speaking. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. You see that word ask? A, ask. S, seek. K, knock. Everyone who asks shall receive. Everyone who seeks shall find. Everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened. Jesus is talking about our day. That's why he said in that day. That day is this day. Now, since that's a fact, he says, and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, that means of a truth, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you shall ask the Father, there it is again, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive. What I say? Verse 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. That your joy I don't hear you. Why is it that you say you just prayed, but you look like you just swallowed a wall's nest? Listen, don't pray for me. If your prayer don't make you happy, do not pray for me. See, we've gotten into this old into this thing that okay, I'm gonna pray. I'm not going to have no emotions attached to it. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to figure out what I need to do. That ain't prayer. That's ignorance. When we involve God in the situation, we leave it with him. 
We don't try to fix it ourselves. That's called fixing it. I'm trying to talk about prayer. Up to this point, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So the center focal point of my prayer is that I'm going to have joy. Now, joy and happiness two two different things. I'm going to have joy when I finish. Joy is a state of being. Happiness is a state of mind. Paul says, I think myself happy. So, if I realize as a Christian, as a believer, that God wants me happy, joyful, he told me how to get it. Pray. That your joy may be full. Now, it's, it's, it's just, it's just sometimes prayer meeting is just as dead as you would find a body in the funeral home. And you say you just got through praying, but ain't no joy on your face. It's something wrong. And I think that the church has gotten itself into just doing something just to do it. Just doing it just to do it. Just come to church. Just say I went to church yesterday on Monday. There are some people that have had a good life together and, 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 and married and all that and one of them died. Now the other one have no joy for 15 years. Who is your God? So prayer opens doors and closes doors. If you just pray. It's our communicative link to almighty God and it's the source of our joy. Somebody said, don't you care that they're going to close that place over there? I don't care because God is my source. I prayed about it. I prayed about it. And whatever happens is going to work out for my good. See, now that's the kind of talk that we're supposed to be having in days like these. It's going to work out for my good. Because I'm his child. And he has made a way out of no way for me. I may not be able to see it right now, but I done prayed about it. I've cast the whole of my cares on the Lord because I know that he cares for me. He takes care of me. He's concerned about me. He's going to bend everything around to his glory. And for my purpose, it's all good. It's all good. Because I prayed about it in everything by prayer. In everything. You better pray before you get married. I mean, pray. I mean, pull, tatter the Lord's robe off. Just <laughs> pray about everything. And because you jumped in your car and went, you know, straight home yesterday, Without prayer, now that you're here by prayer, you still jump in your car, but this time you prayed up. You saw that bat out of hell coming to the left. If you don't pray, you may be that 
bad out of hell. So pray that your joy may be full. Look at somebody say, I got Jesus joy. Now you notice, the Lord Jesus is saying, don't pray to me, don't ask me nothing. Don't ask me nothing, but pray to the Father, and he will give it you. Okay? Okay? So therefore, we are not to pray to Jesus, but we are to pray in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. Now, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? It means to pray according to God's will. See, when we talk about name, like for instance, Adolf Hitler. Now, you know his character. Allegedly, he killed, or had killed over six million Jews. That's Adolf Hitler. But now when you use the name of Jesus, you're saying, he's straight up, he's stellar. He never did anybody wrong. He has all power in his hand. He's a good God. You do know that Jesus is God, right? So he's God. So when you pray in Jesus' name, you're praying according to his character. You're wanting to do what he would want you to do. So we don't pray to the Father. We pray to the Father. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son, but we don't pray to Jesus. Now, you might say, well, this is really not important. It's very important. It's very important. So, so when we understand, okay, I'm getting ready to put my code in to open my door. That door is Christ. And the code that grants me entry is Father, I come in Jesus' name. Click, click. The door opens. Now here you go. Father, I come in Adolf's name. I come in Jim Jones' name. I come in the name of Greenwood Acres. Nothing happens. But Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Watch this now. Watch the freedom. To make my request known. You know what I need. For these things the Gentiles seek after. But you seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. Father I come in the name of Jesus. And I'm making my request known. I want my daughter to go to the best school, period. And to be more specific, I want her to go to this school. Now, let me show you how a lot of people get all trapped up. I said, this this you talking, I'm talking for you. <laughs> I said, I want my child to go to Parkway. Uh-huh. That's what I said. You told me to make my request known. Fine. 
That's good. But you know what you're missing? Lord, not my will. I ain't got no help. But your will be done. I'm giving it over to you for you to do whatever you know that you want to do about it. I'm going to be okay with it. But this is my request, but it's your will. And you see, if you're strong-willed and, 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 and you're one of those people that, that have to have authority over other people and over other situations to the point that there's no room for God to get in, now here you are trying to manipulate the system to get your child in or to get that car or to get that house by manipulation. So you're talking to God, but you're not honest with him in your prayer. Whatever your request is, I can hear Jesus saying, not my will, but your will be done. Prayer is not supposed to be all that talking to God about him changing his mind. Is this microphone on? I had a guy call me from a distant city three weeks ago. He wanted me to counsel him and the young lady he was getting ready to get married to. He had bought her a very, very expensive ring. About five grand. And he said, well, will you pastor us? Because I'm a son of the house, so will you pastor us? I said, yeah. So it was set for 8 o'clock on a Monday night after teacher's meeting. He made a request that I don't separate them. I said, now why would he want me to counsel? They ain't going to tell me he don't separate them. That's what some of you all have done. You went found yourself a husband. You went found yourself a wife. And it didn't work out. Now you want an appointment. Don't call me. I had one counseling session with them. It was a good session. I was on my best behavior. <laughs> I only said what I heard the Lord say. We left off laughing. We was hee-hawing. It all went great. It was a wonderful discussion. About an hour and a half. The following week, she wrapped that ring in plastic, brought it to his house, put it between the screen door and the front porch. I didn't break them up. <laughs> I didn't break them up. And my comment over the thing is, that's wonderful. It's best to find out now than to find out later. See, when we let God get in the middle of it, oftentimes it's not going to turn out the way we think it is. It's going to turn out good, but it's all in how we look at it. You can't make nobody love you.
in everything by prayer and supplication won't need let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind now what what happens to us after we finish praying first Peter chapter 5 let's let's look at it because I believe that a lot of the saints are, are caught up right here first Peter the fifth chapter verses 7 through 9 I think is a problem so after we get through praying I got a question for you did you pray in faith while you were praying or were you hoping in a praying see if you were hoping in a praying then that ain't that ain't that's not good hope is future prayer is now So if you're going to claim the promises of God on your life, you got to pray in faith. You got to pray believing. And then not only that, you got to leave that into the hands of the Lord. Let me give you another illustration. I went to see a piece of property that Mary and I were going to buy. It was an investment property. And uh, it was in the hands of the, uh, the VA. And if you ever dealt with the VA, you know you have to be prayed up and lay hands on yourself. All that stuff. The offer that I made, they turned it down. And I knew in my heart that the Lord wanted us to have that investment property. And so the order came back. They had rejected the offer. And I said, hmm. Not that I hear God always. That's why, you know, you got cussed out. I don't hear him always. <laughs> I know there are some of y'all, you don't even go to the bathroom without praying. So about six months rolled on. And then six months rolled on. And then I had a phone call from the realtor. Not real or tar. I'm trying to teach some people from the realtor. And the realtor said, that property is back on, is back on the market. So I said, okay. So I went to see it. And got it at the price that I wanted it for. Now that's, this is where a lot of Christians mess up. Where do they mess up? You need to understand that the other person want to make a profit too. You ain't the only Christian in the world. Now you want to buy their house. You want to try to pull them all the way down. No, they, they deserve to make a credit too. So the problem that the VA said that the, the house had, it didn't have it. Because I had it checked out. And they said it was a crack in the slab. And the, the, the crack, you know, had to do with the water problem. Well, when I had it checked out, it was a hot water heater that was not functioning right. That just goes to show how smart they are. So I got it for a good price. And I changed the water heater. See, when, when you know in your heart that this is what God said, the best thing to do is just leave that with him. 
Let him take care of your light work. See, because when you pray, prayer is spiritual. God is a spirit. And so when you pray and you leave it with the Lord, it's going to work out for your good. It has to because you brought God in on it. Be anxious for nothing. So there's no need of trying to run it down. Or I don't like to use the phrase Jew it down because that's, that's, that's not proper. To call a Jew a Jew is like calling a black man the N-word. You know, so even though they are Jews, they will call that, you know, down in Babylon. And it really blew up after Babylon uh, captivity for 70 years down in Babylon. But you need to understand that you are a child of God. You are blood bought, blood washed, name in the book of life. And in this life, everything is transitory, is passing on. So we're not taking anything out of here, but we can live a comfortable life here. And we can leave our loved ones the stuff that we done fought over and stood for just to get. We can write that in our will. So the problem wasn't no busted pipe in the slab. It was a hot water heater. But that took almost a year for that price to come down. That's when you pray and leave it in the hands of the Lord. Because a house don't make me. A car doesn't make me. God made me. And since he made me and I'm not taking anything away with me, I can't drive that car to glory. It ain't enough gas stations between here and there. Can you imagine getting out trying to push your car to heaven? Talking about, I love this car and I love Jesus. So when I get to heaven, this car going to be on golden streets. Why take something from here there? Because everything here is inferior to what is there. God got the best for us. He's already mapped it out. Are you in 1 Peter 5? Okay, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. I'm going to show you where a lot of us get caught up and get messed up. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Well, let's start with verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's no need of you ripping and running trying to be Mr. B. If we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, under God's control, he will exalt us in due time. That's how I ended up being the pastor of this church. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be. I wanted to be an evangelist. And I finally told the Lord, okay, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And that's why I'm here. See, you can't be so in your mind, your child going to Parkway, all of my folk went to Parkway, he's going, maybe your child ain't Parkway material. You have to be saying something like this, 
Lord, you know all my family went to that school. I want my child to go to that school. But maybe there's a teacher there that you don't even know about that already don't like your child. And you're going to put your child in the line of fire. No, the best thing to do, Lord, I want my child to go to Parkway, but nevertheless, see, that's a word we don't use. Get it into your vocabulary. Nevertheless, a needless to say, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Then the call comes from the best high school in the city, Booker T. It says we got an opening over here. You send your child over there, your child just ace everything. Anyway, humility is the key to promotion. Say that back to me. Now, it takes a person to humble themselves that think they know everything. And leave the end results up to God. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, lift you up, promote you, that he may exalt you in due time. It may not come overnight, but it will come. It will come. Casting all your care. This is what humility would do for you. Casting all your care, all your concern, all your anxieties upon him, for he careth for you. Didn't he promise in his word that he would perfect those things that concern you? Well, here it is right here. Lord, this is what I want, but what do you want for me? And no man can mess that up. Even your enemies cannot mess that up when you take your hands off of it. Amen. Say hands off. hands off. Verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So Satan is not in hell, everybody. Amen. Satan is walking around on this earth realm seeking whom he may devour. Because he is a small G-O-D of this world. Amen. Amen. Am I right about it? So we are to cast the whole of our cares upon the Lord because Satan, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. How can he eat you up? Worry. How can he eat you up? Us up. Fear. Frustration. Mm -mm. Once God put his hands on it, he's already worked it out. Why? Because the Bible says he's finished the end from the beginning. Oh, you can plan all you want to. God is not saying no plan. But you need to plan to have him in the driver's seat. Everybody's not a Harvard material. Everybody's not Yale or Grambling or Southern's material. My grandmama used to say, you can't make a silk purse out of sow's ear. Your child can barely tie his shoes and you want him to get a PhD. 
And then you so proud, you stand up in the, in the, in the aisles of Walmart talking about, I never have to whip my child. You raising a ticking time bone. It ain't a child alive that didn't need a whipping. I'm glad my mama beat me almost half to death. But she wasn't having none of that in her house. It was four of us and she had to raise us. So we don't pray to Jesus. We pray to God. Say that back to me. And after we pray, we don't give a flip. We don't. Because I don't have a problem. God got it now. See, now Romans 8, 28 makes a lot of sense. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now we see why our enemies can't get next to us because I don't have a problem. Now we know why I don't lose no sleep because I don't have a problem. Fear will eat you up. Worry will eat you up. Jesus said in the last days, men's heart will fail them for fear of seeing those things that are coming upon earth. You have to be careful that you don't get caught up with this COVID stuff. Yeah, people are dying, but you ain't dead. One thing you've not heard about this year is people having the flu. Because they got on masks. I guess. But it's whatever the government say that we're going to worry about. So, since Satan is walking around like a roaring lion and trying to enforce fear on me over a situation that the Lord has revealed to me that in everything I need to pray about, I'm not going to give Satan that leverage in my life to cause me to fear or to worry, I'm learning to cast the whole care upon the Lord and he will have to wake me and shake me and not let me sleep too late to realize that I got this, that he has this. Now ain't that sweet? Because God is the one who gave us prayer. Romans eight twenty seven. So the problem that comes in our lives as believers is that after we pray, we still worry. Now, okay, when you find Romans 8, I got something to say to you. I don't mean that in a threatening tone. I don't know how I mean it, but I'm going to say it to you. You know, I used to smoke, I used to take, I used to drink, Drugs and liquor and alcohol, all that stuff. But I wasn't a part of the body of Christ when I was doing all that. This is what I'm saying to you. If there is a concern that you have, no matter how great or no matter how small it is, 
why are you still carrying it? Because whatsoever, here we go, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Okay, so you don't do crack cocaine, you don't smoke marijuana, but you worry, S-I-N. You're stressed out, S-I-N. You're cussing folk out that don't deserve it, S-I-N, S-I-N. <laughs> you're over 50, you're going through the mental pause, S-I-N, S. You know, a lot of times people are victimized by us. Not that they've done anything to us, but they just happen to be available at the time you ain't feeling it. Pray about everything. Tell your neighbor, pray about everything. And worry about not a thing. To worry is a sin. Wow. Think about that. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not concerned about the mortgage payment. Or I'm not concerned about the house note. I'm concerned. I'm supposed to let my request be made known unto God and go to work. I can't expect God to pay my bills and I don't want to work. God ain't stupid. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So if I'm going to worry, I don't need to pray. If I'm going to pray, I don't need to worry. Ain't no need to worry what tonight is going to bring. Don't you worry about it. It will be all over in the morning. Some of y'all still home and they sound pretty good, don't it? Sign me up, baby. <laughs> Romans 8, are you there? All right. In Romans chapter 8, and if you would, key in on verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. Infirmity is not sickness, it's weakness in our flesh. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and we know that all things. It ain't working for your good if you ain't praying. See, that's the part we miss. The spirit knows, and your human spirit knows, when something is wrong, or you shouldn't be trying to hook up with this person. Your spirit told you that. And oftentimes, I, I have talked to some females that are, they are just, you know, this was years ago. They were just dead set. The Lord told me that. I know the Lord told me that. I know he said that to me. I know the Lord told me that. Yeah, he said all that to me. I heard him. 
No consideration for no other thought. What happens when you say Trump going to have two terms and he only have one? Was that the Holy Spirit or was that your spirit? That was your spirit. Our spirit can mess us up. Whenever people show up in my office talking about the Lord told me, I don't have nothing to say. I don't. And I'm not being rude. Who am I to speak against the Lord? If the Lord told you to leave him, Lord told you to leave her, Lord told you not to take that job, don't talk to me. See, that was a time when people would come seeking the Lord and say, I told the Lord whatever you say to me, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you know I had to be on my P's and Q's because I didn't want to miss the Lord to say something to somebody and it wasn't true. But you come with a made up mind, ain't, ain't nothing I can do with that. So the Lord told you to do it, do it. Lord and I, we're not in competition. I work for him. <laughs> I work for the Lord. Or better still, I work with him. So the spirit of God knows. And if you're born again, you know in your spirit when things are not right. You know in your heart, that's your spirit, when things are not right. Just like that guy told me, you know, Pastor, I want you to counsel us, but don't break up my marriage. Don't, don't, don't break up my engagement. I ain't say nothing. I ain't say one word. Now I'm in, in, in Shreveport minding my own business. You call me. <laughs> and your ring end up in a plastic wrapper. <laughs> oh yes, and by the way, because a person is a Christian, it doesn't mean that it's your, the one you're supposed to marry. Just because this person says that they are Christian does not mean that you are supposed to marry them. And so now, now I got a problem with you. You know what you're saying? Well, you know the Bible says that we should not marry outside of uh, anybody that's not a Christian. So he's a Christian. So we get married. All right. Did the Lord say that? Or was that you talking? In everything. That means there's nothing left out by prayer and supplication. And watch the order of your heart with thanksgiving. Let your request, don't make it, let your request be made known unto God. And that's what happens when you're praying about everything and worrying about not a thing. Today's message, prayer. FC3055 FC3055 is now available on CD for only $10 and it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us at net. Know Your Bible Radio Broadcast is now available as a podcast. 
You can listen to Know Your Bible through Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Simply search for Know Your Bible or Bishop Caldwell in either app. Tap the subscribe button and Know Your Bible will come to you automatically each time an episode is posted. Enjoy! Now the question is... wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell. And this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.